episode 26. My name is Matt and the double feature for this episode we're going to be talking the neon demon as well as starry eyes. So the theme being a star is born. Excited to get into these ones but let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts. Paris, hello and welcome. Hey, happy to be here. Glad to hear it. And Travis, how are you, bud? I am doing well. I am excited for this one. We've been sleeping on it for a moment. So, um, yeah, finally get to hash these out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's going to be uh, some interesting conversations to be had, I believe. Paris will be ringleader on this one. She's going to want a good, clean fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to have to mediate, and uh, you're also going to have to cast the deciding uh, vote oh, on both oh of God, these films, guys. Paris. So. I don't want to do that. I hope you Not have to s- put you in the middle or anything. <laughs> yeah, if I hear... But you are. <laughs> if, I, if you give either of these movies three stars, you're fired. I need you to take a side on, <laughs> you're in both you cases. Picked you picked fired. Matt. I know. That's you why I need you to have to my watch. back. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... Um, we're going to be starting with The Neon Demon. So The Neon Demon is a film directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, who you would know as the director of Drive and Only God Forgives. Um, plot synopsis for Neon Demon is an aspiring model, Jessie, is new to Los Angeles. However, her beauty and youth, which generate intense fascination and jealousy within the fashion industry, may prove themselves sinister. Film stars Elle Fanning, Christina Hendricks, Keanu Reeves, Jenna Malone. Pretty cool cast. Um, let's start with... Uh, how many times you've seen this film, so your relation to it. Um, I have seen this movie once before uh, when it, it came out. with me. Yep. We went to a screening of it. It was an early that. screener, yeah. Neon Demon, uh, I did not like it, and Travis liked it quite a bit and uh, has well, since revisited it. I will say I didn't love it on first viewing, but it has gone up since then. Mm-hmm. I've seen it four times total now. Um, and we'll get into my current thoughts on it. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been a grower for me Mm -hmm. over the years. And, Paris, I didn't realize that you had seen this before, so this this would be your second time watching it? Yeah, I watched it um, not in theaters or anything. It was definitely an at-home on Amazon watch, but I have seen it closer to when it came out, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, care? Do you care to share what you remember of kind of generally what you thought the first time you saw it, or would you rather just uh, save it for talking about? Well, um, I will say that both 
the first time and this time I had pretty similar reactions. Mm-hmm. So I won't go into my first watch time too much mm-hmm. other than I am not, I don't know if I love, I, uh, I don't know if I love Nicholas Winding Refn's whole vibe. <laughs> and I feel like I don't want to offend Travis. But I don't feel like he has that much to say. And, okay, it was beautiful. It was great art. But as a movie, hmm. And that's kind of how I felt the first time, too. Okay. Good to hear it. Good to hear Um. Travis, it sounds like you're about to say something. What are you going to chirp in there? No, I'm I'm waiting for my time to strike. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's let's kick things off. So the Neon Demon, um, I'll say the first time I saw it, I went into it as a huge fan of Nicholas Winding Refn. So not just Drive, but Only God Forgives, which is the, the film that preceded the Neon Demon. I'm also a huge fan of that movie. And had a pretty negative reaction the first time I saw The Neon Demon. So I was curious what a rewatch would do because I'm a fan of the director's work generally. So I was like, you know what? We're several years removed. You're, st- you're still in on NWR at this point? Um, well, I don't want to jump teetering, the gun. Teetering on no, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> this current stage of Nicholas Winding Refn, I'm out. I'm fully out. After that super boring... Amazon did show you ever that he finish did. that? No, I didn't even finish the second it? episode. It was okay. so boring. <laughs> what show did he do? Too Young to Die, I think is what it's called. Too Old to Die Young. Too Old to Die, even worse. <laughs> mm. it, it's a brutally slow, empty uh, cop show or something. I don't know. It's got Miles Teller in it. Yeah. So anyway, circle back. I, w- I went into the rewatch with an open mind. Um and I have to say, I had an even more negative reaction the second time than the first time. Uh, Hell yeah. This movie is a fucking joke. Like, on a, it's a farce. I hate this movie a lot. I was going to say it's a, a fart. A lot. A fart. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's that too, Eight. but... <laughs> I mean, I said it in our initial review. I definitely feel like the movie is an exercise in style over substance. But what I found even more woefully offensive on a rewatch is that there is an attempt at substance I think but it's so laughably bad and juvenile that I wanted to die watching just how idiotic this fucking movie is I like everything from the pacing to the aesthetic like everything is so deliberate like the way characters look at each other, the way they deliver dialogue. It's so deliberate that you have to know he puts so much thought into constructing this movie. And it's just, it's laughable. I think it's offensively, it's an offensively bad movie is where I landed. On I think rewatch. a lot of that's intentional though. And wow. there is a campy aspect to it as well that maybe you're just not seeing. Or, <laughs> it's, you know, I'm curious about that. Travis, can you, so, you, like, I, elaborate? well, Matt, are you done with your initial thought or take on this? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
All right. So, like I said, this is a grower for me. Um, and I had similar issues the first time I watched it. And each time I've had less issues or I've just been able to get over some of the things I've had issues with. And I've actually learned to like some of those things. Um, but I don't know. I, I think you just need to learn how to have fun with this movie, Matt. It's uh, it's very obvious with what it's trying to say. Like it's kind of like a takedown of the the model industry, and like even just like, um, like you know, making it big or making a name for yourself in L.A. Like it's just a kind of a takedown of that whole thing. You know, like the the young girl, um, from out of town who you know doesn't know any better, doesn't have any like connections in the city just watching her trying to like navigate through this kind of seedy world that um literally wants to eat her up and spit her out <laughs> mm -hmm. uh plays in the, end of the movie pretty great um yeah. i can't believe you just said that <laughs> what that's literally what he's trying to say i know, I know. That. that's like it's that's like the, i would say that's like the it's, it's supposed weakest... to be on the nose and the obvious okay. though okay that's what i was trying to like the like he's not trying to be that. subtle with it i mean i feel like that's obvious but it doesn't quite ever get into camp for me that's that's where i'm like i feel like it maybe because it's so stylish and there's not a lot of like funny beats or like off kilter stuff it doesn't quite go there's some humor but it's it very feels... like deadpan i i missed that i think <laughs> is there or do you have an example of what you think like a, an attempt at humor in this movie uh well you know what i watched this movie like a month ago so sure. it's not very <laughs> fresh but i, I don't Peek i do behind the curtain it's been a while <laughs> since we recorded last i do remember like a few parts of it being like yeah like very dryly uh humoristic like even like keanu reeves character is kind of funny in a way um but i'm it's not really oh, you going mean the for man humor. that rapes a 13 year old yeah that part's hilarious <laughs> it's i just <laughs> uh i do yeah to touch on the the style like everything on an aesthetic level i do love uh one gripe i had about it before this last watch was um, like the opening and end credits, I thought were just way too much. But I'm actually okay with them and a fan of them because I think it just plays into the whole narcissism of the movie. Like I, I think he's very aware of what he's making, and I'm not saying like he's this fucking genius for what he put out. But I do think everything in this movie is very intentional, and like, sure he like. There's some fetishization in the movie as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think you're supposed to take it that serious or like get anything deeper than like what's on the surface. Like the, the subtext or whatever is the text. There's not like a deeper thing you're supposed to get out of it. Um, another thing I will touch on too is I almost watch it as like his version of Suspiria where like it doesn't have to like fully make sense even or like 
be like fully satisfying on a story level. There's like this kind of like evil entity or whatever that is well, trying to prey Suspiria? on the original <laughs> OG one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the whole like, there's like a witch aspect to this movie. It's not very um, like obvious, but I think it's definitely there. And um, I just yeah, I mean, I think eating eating anyone else or bathing in their blood is pretty in that vein for sure. I just like I I get what you're saying. I guess my problem with his vision for this movie is that it comes across to me like a 4chan troll directing a feature length Calvin Klein commercial or something. Like there's just this wait, like, really? I get, I can't help but feel like there's this whole movie is just really overtly misogynist. I got that even more on a well, rewatch. That's true. The whole time it was yeah. like it's grossly misogynist. It's like what an entitled white misogynist view of like the fashion and like the horrors of the fashion industry are just like the whole notion of like De- you know vanity as like a deadly sin and like the way that these women talk to each other and degrade each other and it's always at the expense of other women and it just felt the whole vision just feels fucking gross to me and it would be one thing if i didn't also find the whole movie just unbearably boring like i'd have no fun with it because i was just bored it's just m- moody characters looking at one another with some synthy music and some cool neon colors. Like I did not vibe with yeah. the movie for one single second, except, and then I'll, I want to hear more from you, Paris. I will say the only things I like about this movie are the beginning and the ending credits. Those are the two, my two favorite scenes wow. in the movie opening and closing credits. <laughs> because it's the beginning and the end. <laughs> it's just, I'm just, I was just vibing with it. It wasn't like bad yet. It was just like, okay, I can get on. I can get on board with this cool font and this music. You know, you like, like the NWR glitter uh, title card on the screen several times. I, I love, love that, actually. I love yeah. that it ends <laughs> and it says, "Written by Nicholas Winding Refn, story by Nicholas Winding Refn, produced by Nicholas Winding Refn, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn." Before it shows anybody else, I love that. I love very that. Tommy Wiseau vibes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I get that he um, is a narcissist, and I I don't think he would shy away from that <laughs> classification, <laughs> you know. So it's like he gets it, but I'm not going to give yeah, him he's credit. Definitely I'm not going to give him credit it. for that. Yeah, and I I will say that I will agree it is a bit misogynistic, but um, I mean there are some kind of hot scenes in this movie. Oh, I know you guys can uh, you guys can cancel me or <laughs> shun me off the show, but. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. on. You're not talking about the (laughs) the dead person. No, 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 no. Hold on. I want to. That is like one of my favorite parts. I want to. Are you talking about the shower scene? Shower scene is great. Oh yeah. Yeah, because that part I was like, like, okay, this is this is hot. That was probably the only sexual part in the movie that was like, this is hot. But I I did want to like talk about Matt's point because I don't remember feeling this way when I first watched this movie but I was really really disturbed by some of the sexual violence and uh, uh, like objectification and commodification of women 
and like the fact that it could have been that she's owning you know like there's nothing wrong with being beautiful and feeling confident and being proud of that mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that and i think that could have been awesome if she wasn't also then pitting herself against other women i didn't i hated that mm -hmm. and that everyone felt like they were in competition with each other yeah but that that's the whole point and... of the movie and the like the scene that they're in <sighs> Yeah, that's right. part of the problem, I think, is what we're getting but, at. <laughs> yeah, but and I just Then there's like... no movie. Like, that's the movie. That's how it should have been. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just... I there's just, a competition. I don't know why, but... I, and I get that. And, and it's fine if there was competition. I just... I couldn't... There was no one in the movie that I wanted to succeed. Protagonist, antagonist, like, I didn't want any of them to succeed... I wish they were all dead at the end. Like I, you know what I mean. Like I. Just... You don't like Al Fanning's character. Absolutely not, and that's what I was trying to say. Is like, I. Well, she actually gets like... appreciate her embracement of her own beauty and her own self and her own worth. I love that. And then as soon as she starts, kind of, she gets tempted by the evil nature. Yeah, exactly. Of it all. As soon as she like, basically gives into this misogynist view that all of these women have to be in competition with each other they can't build each other up while also going for the same jobs or whatever like i just kind of like like checked out a little bit but i think that she was yeah i don't know sucked in she was cast under a spell when she <sighs> was looking at the triangle <laughs> <laughs> okay so actually that brings up a really okay i do do the symbols have meaning i thought this the first time and i tried to figure it out the second time what like are they just not meant to represent anything do, do you like guys the trident like or a, whatever it is like the yeah and like it, the just like where, where it goes in those scenes where it's very very stylized and like she's looking at the pyramid thing and there's other symbols through there and like what does that mean anything to you guys? No. Um I'm not sure. I'm sure there is some sort of reasoning behind it, but I You think so? Other than he just thinks it looks head. cool? Oh, Cuz yeah. that's the thing. Everything's it intentional. Looks in super this cool. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought that this movie and that's why I said at the beginning it felt like art to me. This movie is beautiful. It looks really cool the score and soundtrack are amazing oh yeah i love it i was now, drooling over that i will say but i do substance. think uh yeah the substance is probably you know the the thing that's lacking the most but again i think there's enough there and you just kind of got to vibe with the movie and not get so bogged down in the story or making sense of everything i mean he's definitely like a visual artist first He's clearly, like, displayed that over the years since he shot onto the scene with Drive. But, um, yeah, I don't think the script is, like, amazing by any means. But I do think there's enough there to, like, there's there's something to say and there's enough of a story there. But, yeah, I think the, the like, aesthetic of it and, like, the, the music and all that is the, the strong point. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, I actually wanted to ask you guys about the score also, because you know how it's got like that kind of chime sound theme that goes throughout? Mm-hmm. It was like synthy chimey sounds. Mm-hmm. There is an iPhone alarm. It's called Crystals that I use to wake up that sounds just like that, like the intro of the chimey sound. And every time it came on, I was like, I gotta wake up. Like it, it took me out of the <laughs> <laughs> It was like you a guys... Pavlov's dog type reaction. Yeah, like it's like when you hear like something in a movie, a ringtone that sounds like your alarm, and you're like thrown off a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, it was like that, but like every time that chime sound came up, do you guys know what I'm talking about at all? No. Do you have your phone? Just put it up to the microphone. Play that sound. I do. I don't like. I don't know. I don't Use know it as the intro like music. Sound man. good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean. Oh yeah, that's it. That's oh my god. <laughs> Fucking Cliff Martinez. What, what came hack. first, Cliff Martinez or <laughs> or crystals from uh, Macintosh or whatever the fuck? Um, wow. Um, so where do we go from here? Um, <laughs> I guess. I went into the rewatch with an open heart and was honestly trying to vibe with it. But I think where the movie fully lost me, it's pretty early on. There's a scene like 20 minutes in where they go, the girls go to like a show and there's like, they're at a club and then they go into this room. They go to like a party at a club. Right. they're, They're partying together and then they go into a dark room and then there's like, they're watching something and it's like uh, strobe strobe lights kind of thing. And the whole the whole scene is Elle Fanning looks in one direction, her gaze shifts, camera shows a different girl looking at her. It just stays there, comes back to Elle Fanning's perspective. Her gaze changes again. She looks at someone else. We see her staring at someone else. Like the whole it's just there's nothing happening. And like I need something more than just like cool strobing lights with neon and like artsy set design. Like it was just, it does nothing for me in this movie. Like actively, I was actively disliking the style of the movie. They're all looking at her, man. It was just so I, vapid. It's, it's pretty, pretty easy to figure out what's going on. There. It's not a matter of not comprehending <laughs> what's happening in the scene. It was a matter of why this does not need to be here. Like, is that, is that the point that even though all this is happening they can't help but stare at her. Cool. That doesn't need to be a, a five minute boring scene, artsy fartsy pretentious scene. Like it, everything just rubbed me the wrong way when it came to the style clashing with any sense of enjoyment that I was trying to have. Cause there's just nothing there for me. I won't deny that it's not a little pretentious. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's you know, a lot I, pretentious. <laughs> I like plenty of pretentious movies. I don't, I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe it is just the the misogyny that runs through the whole thing that was just like stopping me from enjoying other aspects of the film. But I just it, none of it does anything but for me other than the score. To, to the point of it being misogynistic, which I do think it is at least to a degree. Um, it the crew is I wouldn't I don't know if it's mostly female, but there's a decent amount of women in the crew including like the writers and cinematographer 
So I do think that, well, and I think the movie also plays with sexuality a bit. Um, so although I do agree with you, I don't think it's like just full on misogyny. I think that women can be misogynist too. I think there's a lot of internalized misogyny. I mean, there's definitely like like a male gaze aspect to it, but that's like part of the industry in itself that it's commenting on. So it kind of excuses it in that regard. Something, Mm. I don't want to get too much into it yet, Mm. but I think this is something (laughs) where starry eyes did better. Oh, yeah, no. that's you. Or I'm just waiting for the Paris. bleed into story. <laughs> okay, I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about too much yet. But I think that competition between women is totally expected in a movie that is talking. That is basically being critical of the lens of being a beautiful person in LA in the industry. Right? Like you're a commodity. You're an object. That's the whole like message of the movie i just didn't like that that all of the women gave into that to the point of like when dean is like the dinner scene when dean is like that's gross i'm gonna leave and she's like i'm not gonna leave because that's not gross to her that this other woman is being torn apart like I don't know. I just, I just found that I, it, it hurt my soul a little bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And 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 also, I feel like some of the dialogue and just like the themes of the film. Like, I get that there's this movie's not going for subtlety, but I mean, like lines they just come across. Like when I say things that come across is like misogynist. It's the guy who says. Um, I don't think he's a casting director. It's it, it's in that that uh, that scene that you were just talking about, Paris. He's the that, designer. Yeah. He says, um, "God, what's the line? It's so cringy. Beauty isn't everything. It's the only thing. Something like that. Like just this. Like I get that male gaze is inherently part of the of, of what he's trying to do here, but everything about the movie just feels like these women are you being objectified. F- you didn't find that line kind of funny though. I found it corny, not I mean, in a funny his way, character, though. I, I get that his character is supposed to be douchey. Like, he's yeah. literally reciting Hamlet at a table. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, it's, you know, he's, I get that he's supposed to be douchey. I just hate that everything gives into that. You know, like, no one, like, we as the audience are like, yeah, that guy's douchey. But everyone in the movie is basically like, this is this is uh, art, this is poetry, whatever. And I don't know. I, I think some of... Uh, I, yeah, I, I also just like sliding a little bit over. I had an issue with the fact that... Did you guys know Elle Fanning was actually 16 when she filmed this movie? I mean, yes. I knew she was underage, yeah. Like that... I, I don't know, that... That, like, grossed me out more than I think, and maybe it's because the first time I didn't know that, but I realized, I was like, she's still pretty young, and this came out a while ago, like, and then I looked it up, and I was like, she was actually 16 when this was made, and, like, I don't know, like, just the way that she's treated in it, kind of, I I kind of, I don't know, it made me kind of sad, I don't know. Well, and the movie frames her as, like, a sexual object, 
And the fact that she's right. she's literally an underage girl. Like I know in the movie she's an underage girl, but the fact right. that like, she, and if she is had an been underage older girl in real life, I think it might have yeah a little less like, problematic, maybe me a little bit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do like play into her like age and innocence, and you never actually see any nudity of her. I mean, yeah, sure she's in like a bra and panties or whatever but like it's not so much and about her I, I know, literal exposure it's like when when the photographer is like rubbing gold on her mm-hmm. and i know that's like supposed to be what that is right it's supposed to feel icky it's supposed to feel like he's going to take advantage of her or he's taking advantage of her because he can i just don't love the fact that like in real life that was a real man touching a child you know like i just yeah but we're making art here paris (laughs) right anything for Uh, art i don't really want to get into the whole like consent or age of consent thing but she was um like totally in on doing this movie and like you could say like sure he took advantage of her or whatever and she's 16 so she should be making those decisions or you know whatever rebuttal you want to have but she was like stoked to be in this movie so of course. I didn't really, of course she was. Of course she was. Yeah. I don't really okay, feel so, bad for her or like. No, that's Carrie, not the point we're trying to make. I'm not saying you should feel bad for her. I'm saying personally, it icked me out. It feels gross. And like, yeah. Yeah. And like well, Carrie Mulligan was originally who he wrote the part for. And that to me makes sense. At first, I was like, eh. I think it makes but more like, sense to have the younger girl just because it plays into like her like innocence. Like, cause you want someone like young, so they, it just adds into like the whole like prey nature of her character. Like yeah. this young girl from out of town who, you know, doesn't have any connections. I think that really plays into her character and I can kind of see what you're saying with the like age thing. Um, but I really like her performance in the movie. I think she's really good as like the innocent you know like she's out of towner and then even like phenomenal she can also be like really confident in it too like she plays both of those sides really well mm-hmm. yeah no i i agree with that but i would push back a little bit and say that i think part of the issue that paris and i are having it comes back to that portrayal of like, that's a very specific point of view, right? The young, naive, innocent, beautiful girl. Like, that's part of what is tying into these, this, like, just running feeling that the whole thing is just misogynistic. Like, the fact that she's a virgin and she's 16 and everyone is obsessed with how beautiful she is. Like, it just feels so, like, pedophilic. And I know that that's probably the point. I I know that he's going for that. I mean, there's necrophilia in this fucking movie too. Like, I get that he's trying mm-hmm. to provoke. It just feels and honestly off-screen <laughs> pedophilia, like that we're right. Right. Yeah. The 13 year old girl. Yeah, being raped in the room next to her after trying to break into her room. Like, it's just all of that adds up to just feeling like you can't separate the art from the artist at a certain point. Like there's a reason why you can look at this guy's filmography and there's hardly any women who aren't thinly written or objectified for their beauty through his whole filmography. I think that's what I came to realize about him as a filmmaker. 
is that he just kind of skeeves me out a little bit. <laughs> Not that you can't be skeevy and be a, you know, a brilliant artist. Like I think even though I kind of hate a lot of his movies, I think Lars von Trier is an example of a guy who is similarly provocative and has can also be accused of being style over substance, but there's something more there with his work that I just don't get from from Nikki. But man, that so, score was something else, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so was there just not a way to make this movie then without it being problematic? Is that what you guys are saying? No, no. You can make a movie about uh, you know, like I said, vanity being like a deadly sin type of thing and it being a dog eat dog world. It's just the way he went about it, like it's just everything about it just rubbed me the wrong way. The 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 lines of dialogue, yeah. the way that the women are are framed and sexualized, the the age thing, like it's just them competing over one another. I mean, even the fact that multiple men make advances on her and she declines and then Jenna Malone's character makes an advance on her and at first it's it's played like kind of sweet like oh you're a virgin like I want to be your first and then it almost feels more misogynistic to me that she ultimately is the most fucked up like perverse character in the whole movie well except for maybe Keanu Reeves I guess but I mean the fact that she like Mm, assaults her and has sex with the dead body and is bathing in her blood after eating literally eating her like that almost feels more misogynist to me that like the woman is the worst character in the whole fucking movie full of predators you know what I mean yeah but it plays into like her character and all that yeah I disagree no I get it I, I for the character I, arc, sure, but I just it just it's another movie, thing that rubs me the wrong way. It just isn't woke at all, and sounds like you it's have a problem. It's not about being woke. It's not about that. I think, because honestly, I didn't have as much of these issues the first time, and I felt pretty similarly about it. And overall enjoyment factor, I think that it just added to my stuff watching it this time, where I was like. This movie doesn't have a lot to say, and also I don't love some of the things that it's doing, and I got... It was a little hard for me to watch, actually. Like I said, like, we talked about this last time with Ichi the Killer, like, I'm realizing more and more that sexual violence and horror is, like, not quite... It's just kind of rubbing me the wrong way in general. Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of that on the show. <laughs> I think yes, mostly inadvertently. Have, you but... guys. Can we just chill the fuck um, uh, can we give Paris a break, please? I mean, not to spoil, but our next movies, I don't think you're you're not really getting a break from that. Or at least not in, well, I won't spoil it. We'll circle back to the the. You mean the movies the that I'm picking? Yes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I think what for me it boils down to is I don't need to watch this movie for the style. There's other movies that I can watch when I want to see fucking neon colors and hear synthy music like i just i don't want to subject myself to this piece of shit i can just see i can get that from mandy for fuck's sake if i'm looking for you know neon colors Another and awesome banger. score I mean, Mandy's <laughs> you know what i mean there, like so, yeah. mandy is it grew on me on a rewatch right like i had very similar criticisms of mandy on a first watch and like i'm coming around on it this movie i went the other way i went further in the other direction with it you know like being colorful and like pretty when everything else is just so gross to me like 
it just, I can't justify its existence. This movie does I not wish, justify its existence for me. I wish this movie was shorter, had no words, just score, and was being shown at a museum. Like, that's... I think it's, like, artful in that way. You know what I mean? Like, I... I conceptually I see that like almost like a music video or something where there's no dialogue just score just soundtrack and then it's shorter like that is art that's like meaningful it's interesting I think I just whatever this movie was trying to say I was like meh Mm -hmm. now real quick uh, I'll probably I'm trying I'll probably rehash in a bit but um in regards to the whole like competition and like you know women being like having it out for each other or whatever maybe that doesn't ring as true in 2022 and i think we're getting better about that kind of stuff in general but like there is like this some sort of like competition more so in women than in i mean it's in men too and i'm not trying to be sexist here but um there is like this automatic like competition between women where you like compare yourselves to one another or like you know people who set yourself apart are generally are generally socialized to be competitive with each other just as people born as men are generally socialized to be competitive with each other it's just yeah different type of competition ways Yeah. yeah yeah but like you guys were criticizing that in this movie when that is a literal thing that we deal with in real life, even outside of mm-hmm. the uh, Hollywood circle or whatever. 100%. And that's why I like, uh, what, uh, what I need, we need to talk about starry eyes, but <laughs> it's cause, cause uh, uh, we're we'll not saying it doesn't exist. We're not saying it doesn't I exist. Think, yeah. I think oh, that Elle's character playing into that rubbed me the wrong way. I wanted to, like, them feeling threatened by this new, young, beautiful person that's coming on the scene, that's automatically getting all the things that they want, that's beating them out for jobs. Like, I totally get that. And I get that that's kind of. Yeah, she's got it, and they all want it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. I get that. I didn't love that at the beginning she didn't feel in competition with them she's just like i am my own person and then by the end it really felt like she gave into that and i just kind of no but i, I think I, I think she's like kind of like cast under a spell at that point and she's like tempted by the like the bad nature or you know like the seediness it's like she's finally like buying into the system even though it's wrong or bad and then she's kind of you know is trying to combat it a bit and that ultimately leads to her demise but i don't think it's just as simple as like oh she just she fucking she turned over to the dark side she's just like everyone else and i i would agree with you i think it was less for me personally the competition was part of it but honestly the sexual violence and the uh, yeah like the objectification objectification commodification of like women's bodies is kind of the point but then the movie was still doing that well you know just like, like nwr himself 
I love sex and violence in my films, so maybe that's why I'm such a fan. <laughs> I mean, I like that shit, too. It's just... Yeah, I also like that. I just, I think you can have sex and violence without it being... Yeah, Jennifer's body, hello. We oh, already talked on. about it on the show. Like, I think you can have sex and violence without being mean to women, and this movie felt like... It you was ever seen Mean of... Girls? You can even no. You can even. Travis. I get. I get your point. They're very mean to each Travis. other. Travis. I gotta. We it's gotta stop talking title. about this. We have to stop talking about this. You I can can't. like. It's not. It's not even that. But I think this is what kind of what Paris is alluding to. It, all of the women are mean and brutal. But at least early on in the movie, it seemed. And I. I, I get this is part of the character arc. But early on in the movie, she is just naive and innocent and as the movie goes on she's more and more embracing the way she looks i mean there's that comment about how women would kill to look like this and you know i i like the way i look and all that stuff but i think it's the fact that ultimately i mean you said turns to the dark side but i mean the fact that she fully embraces her vanity and she becomes a worse person for it and she just becomes another i don't person in this cycle and it's just like I I don't think it's looking with enough critical lens at like, yes, this competition exists. And yes, that's how the industry is. To me, the movie is just almost glorifying that and not looking at it with a lens of it's saying this is bad. But why it's saying this is bad because what women aren't allowed to be beautiful and we've set them up in a society. It's like not critical enough at societal uh, like like pressures and stuff it feels like the movie is almost playing into its own message of women are beautiful, should be in competition with each other, but that's also fucked up. But also look at these beautiful women in competition with each other. Isn't that hot? Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I'm having some of the issue with Matt said separating the art from the artist. And I don't well, even think that's quite it. It's literally like, I feel like the film itself is not following its own message. Well, like I said earlier, it's, it's a very narcissistic movie and I think that was intentional and like he's just like playing with that to its extremes and like yeah there might be a better movie here if we had like a stronger lead character that you know somehow is able to like did you want her to defeat the uh the witch coven in Hollywood and like come out on no, top. No, she could have. Mm -hmm. I would have been. I was actually stoked, especially the first time when it was so unexpected. When she got murdered, I was here for it. I like that kind of turning on its head. I think I just. The movie's message and its actual viewpoint don't align for me. And I think that's probably the biggest issue. Mm -hmm. it, it never opened, like, it never condemns. That, well, I, I get that it's an exploration of like, you know, Hollywood and the fashion industry, like being like a dog eat dog world and everyone's only looking out for themselves. And I feel like it's maybe trying to be critical of that. But I also get the impression that he's like super horny for it, too. And it's just it like a playground for sex and violence. Yeah, in, in it my does. Mind, it feels more critical of women than it does of the industry as a whole. And I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And, well, you know. It's specifically like the modeling industry, which I mean, there are male models right. as well, but I would say. But I mean, the, it's the, not women's fault female... that they are being objectified and commodified in this industry. It's not the women there that. No, like, but it shows how you can get eaten 
up by the system or like you can kind of like you know become like jaded or like yeah like like i said turn to the dark side and like you become part of the system um as like you know like a byproduct of it or whatever like it's like um you live long enough to see yourself become the villain type thing you know got him got him <laughs> i think we're done all right well yeah Killed you guys don't like this yeah. movie i do no, no, no. I, I was, could... I was, I was teasing us more than anything else because I think we're all. I don't think either of us, any of us, is going to change their minds. We have different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. No, I, I didn't come into this hoping to change your minds either. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, do you, how, do you guys want to give star ratings and move on to star eyes? Yes, yep. please. Uh, first watch, two stars. Second watch, one point five stars. Ouch! All one point five stars are for the. Cliff Martinez's uh, score, just for the record. Can't get a half star for the some of the neon <laughs> colors and strobe effects. The neon and the demons. <laughs> it does nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, um, the only time that that was effective for me was that, like, transformation scene with, like, the mirrors where she, like, it turns red and she, like, kisses herself in the mirror. And, like, I thought that was a really effective scene. That's about it, though. The rest of the strobe lights didn't do shit for me. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I gave this a two. I was bordering on two and to two and a half, but after our conversation, I think it dropped me down a little bit. Fuck yeah. All right, Travis, let's, let's just say it. Uh, yeah, full five for me. Like <laughs> I said, it was, it's was. it been a grower what? since it came out. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You were it's first. A, watch, it's a light five. You were like a three point uh, five the first time you saw it, right? Three Something and like a half. That? Yep. And then four and a half the last two times, and then finally went up to a full five on the last watch. This was the one. Oh man! Because wow. I You're finally, welcome. I finally got past the opening and end credit issue that I had. Oh, and see, I love. I just feel like the, it. It, play, it plays into it. <laughs> the only parts I was on board with, you had to get over. I do. Yeah. I, honestly, okay. the score. The opening, closing credits, the the stylization of it in general. Oh, um, I also just need to say I don't know how we went through the whole review without even mentioning it, but the fact that she barfs up the eyeball was just like it felt like I thought that was funny. <laughs> I love it. I, when that happened. <laughs> I, I was like, I, 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 I'm not. A, I, 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 I thought that was this. funny. <laughs> I remembered the barfing of the eyeball. I had forgotten that that girl literally eats it. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I should also mention that Haley watched oh, yeah. this with me and she had never seen it. And probably five to ten times she out loud was like, why? 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 <laughs> Just with the things that were happening in the movie. And I was like, right there with you, Haley. <laughs> Matt, I remember you like audibly rolling your eyes in the theater when she barfed out the eyeball. I, I think I might have said, like, are you kidding me or something audibly like roll their eyes. I'm so curious. <laughs> you had to be, you had to be there. It was, <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> it was, you know, like a, a groan or like a, oh my, I can't believe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we're doing this now at the end of the movie. <laughs> Uh, Matt was already forgotten. checked out, and then that happened, and that was the cherry on See, top. See, I kind of, I kind of like that. I I didn't like it the first time, but knowing what was happening this time, I was like, I'm here for it. I'm into it. <laughs> I like the eyeball scene. Fuck yeah, good shit. Okay, 
Well, let's move on to the second part. Can we take part. a quick break? Yeah, absolutely. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right yeah. back. All right, we're back, and we're moving on to part two of our double feature. We're talking starry eyes. Plot synopsis. A hopeful young starlet uncovers the ominous origins of the Hollywood elite and enters into a deadly agreement in exchange for fame and fortune. Written and directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmire. This was their feature debut. Uh, film stars Alexandra Esso, Esso. Um, and then a bunch of people I'm not familiar with, except for Pat Healy. Pat Healy rules. He's in this movie. Um, Starry Eyes. So I've been talking about Starry Eyes for as long as this podcast has been a thing. Very avid defender of this film. Hadn't watched it in a while, and I knew it would make a good thematic pairing with the Neon Demon, which I've been wanting to revisit. So uh, that's how we ended up here. Uh, I've seen it probably four Matt, or five times. Now you say Defender. Why do you say Defender? Why don't you just say Champion? Is this known to be bad? No, I think it's yes. just... it's it, Well, mixed. I'll say it's mixed. Uh, skewing positive, but mixed, okay. I think. Um, I more so just mean it's one of my favorite horror films of the last decade. You misspoke. You meant champion. I, yes, I meant to say, yeah. you know, I don't want to you know, <laughs> toot my own horn. But I've been championing this for a long time. <laughs> and I, I, it's a movie that I've been recommending to people ever since I saw it. I've shown it to several people. And uh, I just wish more people watched it. So that was part of the reason why I picked it. More exposure. Um, well, and it's a perfect pairing with Neon Demon. It really is. I mean, that was the main reason why. <laughs> For multiple reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love one. I hate the other. So I love one and I hate the other. <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. Okay. So, um, Travis, you had seen it once before. Was it because uh-huh. I told you to because watch it? Because of you. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I think you're overselling this thing. Maybe that's the problem here, but um, yeah, I I don't know if you want my initial impressions off the bat, but don't really like this movie too much, and a rewatch kind of solidified that. I'm really curious why you like it so much. Um, I don't think it's like total trash. It's like, you know, there's some redeeming qualities to it, and I would almost give it a positive score, but... I'm still on the negative side, uh, even after the rewatch. Um, I just think it's a little too low budget for my taste. Like, um, I don't really care for the lead actress. I don't think she's that good. Um, and I think a lot of the acting isn't great. Like, even Pat Healy, he's, like, so stereotypical that, like, it's it's just not good or even just like i don't know it's like not an impressive performance because like i feel like anyone could play that like sleazy fast food you know restaurant supervisor manager um i did like the score like the lullaby synth that's probably the coolest thing about it um Mm -hmm. and i did like the opening title font that's in my notes so oh yeah dude i got so hard on that title font again it has has that going for (laughs) it but um like the style, the like strobe light effect that it goes to a few times, I hate and just it just seems like a product of its budget. 
uh, where it's like, mm. oh, we need something flashy here. <laughs> Let's use a strobe light. Um, Travis, I also what? think what it's trying to say is, uh, okay, I watched this like two months ago. So if I'm speaking out of turn, just let me know. But um, No, keep going. Keep going. No, uh, no I, I, I'll, we'll get to it. And I think you guys talk about like substance and neon demon. This one has some substance, but I feel like it's just as much as neon demon. It's, it's very like obvious with what it's trying to say or do, um, with, you know, with what it's trying to say. And, um, mm -hmm. like everything is very stereotypical and maybe that's the point, but I don't know. I wasn't into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, we'll have to circle back to address some of those uh, that nonsense that you just said. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, Paris, what about you? This was a first watch for you as well, right? It was. Yes, mm -hmm. it was a first watch for me. Um, I'm going to say first of all, what most of what Travis said was not nonsense. No, I was more. I'm. I'm. I'm referring to the the, the flashing lights. Specifically, thing. the flashing lights. <laughs> I was like, Travis. you guys are a fan. No, you but that's it? literally that's what, it's Neon Demon so does much the same of thing. Neon Demon. Like what? No. <laughs> I like it more in Starry Eyes. It just it's weird to me that you're calling that out specifically in Starry Eyes as if it's done so much better. Well, that was a huge thing that Matt kept talking about, like the scene when they're at the club or whatever. Okay. And it goes back and forth. Like I think it's the I just aesthetic. find it funny that um, both of you were critical of that in the other movie and like what <laughs> okay As no i think referee, it's just yeah i just i just think it's out. the aesthetic like um neon demon feels a lot more polished and definitely i expect that kind of stuff from him uh with starry eyes it felt like they needed some sort of style because they don't have any so they're like and it, it's it's a product of or it's a it's it's a budget issue like they they don't have a budget so they're like well what can we do to inject some style into this oh let's put a strobe light effect into it and it just felt like a and it is it, it was like a cheap like stylistic touch and it just didn't feel i don't know it didn't feel like it fit the movie like it did in neon demon i i mean i don't think it's fair to say that there's is no style in this movie. It's definitely limited by budget, but I do find the yeah. movie to be very stylish. It might not be as like pretty and like like uh, deliberate as Neon Demon, but I do think that there's a lot of style in this movie, and it's it's cohesive for me. I don't think that it's cohesive in Neon Demon. Like it just as an overall package, it just the style works better for me. It doesn't look as good. I can openly admit that that the Neon Demon is a much better looking movie. But to say that it was just a budget constraint and that there's no, they needed to come up with some way to be stylish, I think is a little unfair. Well, <laughs> I think it is fair. So, so anyway, <laughs> but I'm it's not fair to compare the two. I don't think. Okay. I don't think it's fair to compare the two because they're working in different budgets. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, I would say that. Um, so I. <laughs> It's funny because uh, I watched this movie first, but uh, looking back at my notes, I made a note that says my favorite part of this movie was the score and the credits. Now, <laughs> going back <laughs> to what yeah. we talked about with Neon Demon, <laughs> I was like, oh, no. 
I did this like this one a little bit better. I I felt more connected to the story and again we'll talk about it later but some of the way that they handle some of the same issues rang more true or whatever for me um yeah i don't know i felt fine about this movie i don't really have too much to go into on initial impressions other than that matt if you want to yeah well so i uh this has been my favorite rewatch like it, everything fully like clicked for me watching it this time i just uh, it, it's funny that you 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 mention you're not a huge fan of the lead actress's performance travis i i really like her performance in this movie i think she's awesome i mean it's it's punishing like like literally she's like you know the scenes where she's like hurting herself they feel real and raw to me and then just her like i believe her character's arc i'm not saying that there's subtlety to her character's arc i mean the the point of the movie is essentially like what are you willing to do for fame right that so that like, that's been done before it's not subtle with what it's trying to convey in the movie but as a character i really enjoyed her arc and how she constantly anytime that there's some sort of like abuse occurring or weirdness she's very apprehensive and in se on several occasions she removes herself from the scenario and always goes back to it because she feels like even though it's horrific like it's potentially a missed opportunity and there's just something so morbid and like dark about that that really works for me like i much prefer this movie's version of like a young starlet like moving to hollywood and trying to make it in her you know respective industry like i just that aspect of the plot works way better for me in starry eyes than it works in neon demon and they're both lacking in subtlety i just think neon demon goes the other way where it's like too literal with basically all of it <laughs> this movie is literal with it too but not as literal as the neon demon makes the the allegory yeah, I think they're both, I mean, there's like elements of fantasy in both, but I would say that Starry Eyes is a bit more grounded with what it's trying to do than Neon Demon. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I also, not to spoil the ending right away or get into the ending right away, um, there's some like good gore towards the end, but even that scene, I just felt like went a little too far for like this movie or her character like it was like she really reached reached her breaking point or whatever but it just felt yeah like it went too far in like the gore direction i see i love that i think the oh. gore oh i'm sorry paris go ahead no it's okay i was just i i basically was gonna say the same sentiment i actually really really liked the gore i was watching this with kurt like i paused it a couple times and he was like, oh, what's up? And I was like, I was just trying to figure out when this movie is going to start movieing. You know, like, <laughs> when are we going to get going here? And then um, the gore part, obviously, that's way toward the end. But I felt like, okay, I'm here for this. I love this. It's very interesting. It's very... And I liked how she kind of hid herself for it. And then it, it's it's to accomplish... It's, it's, it's also not totally, like, unnecessary. It's in service of 
you know, her goal and it felt feels very close to the plot. And I, I loved that whole sequence. I loved that. That was probably my favorite part of the movie, if I'm being honest. Oh, me too, for sure. Like a lot of the time that type of slow burn horror, I feel like the end of it doesn't justify like the slow like the glacial pace of what precedes it but for me like that eruption of violence absolutely works because i'm invested in her character enough that i'm never bored and the more i rewatch it the more i'm actively enjoying it i'll admit that it is slow though right it's it's very much a slow burn but that eruption of violence is also in service of the character in the sense that it's after she has had this like epiphany moment where she is basically told like, cause this is after she has like become like in, in, infected or whatever by the, uh, the shadowy Paula the cult or whatever. Seed into her body. She's taken the load. She's got the load in her and she, can we talk what? about that cult in a little bit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. <laughs> I, I would like to talk about that. Thank you. So, but this is after she has already been presented with the notion of, well, you can either die or you can embrace the transformation and you can become what you've always wanted to be. It's after she has had this realization. So part of the eruption of violence is it's a, it's a revenge of sorts, right? Because she knows that like, she's going to die anyway. So she can basically these mean girls who have been like trying to degrade her and, but it's not as like cartoony girls were mean. Uh, they all were at different points. I mean, the main, the first girl no. that gets stabbed, One she girl was, was mean. To her. mean. Okay. Everyone else was supportive. That uh, we we can talk about that later, but that's actually why I like this depiction of competition better than in Neon Demon. They well, Matt. One of my notes: cartoonish, silly, obvious. Woof. <laughs> 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 Those are Neon Demon notes, Bud. Is that what you're talking about? Nope. Oh, sorry. Yes. Honestly, you guys, this is wild. I feel like the, all the criticisms I have about both of these movies, you guys are just saying them, but about the opposite movie, and I don't understand what's going on. It is pretty funny. Well, some people like Coca-Cola, and some people like Pepsi. Absolutely. Which you're one the do you fucking think Pepsi, Pepsi in that Because everyone on this podcast likes Coca-Cola. <laughs> If, um, if uh, Pepsi is Neon Demon, then I'm a Pepsi drinker. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Travis just outed mm. himself as a Pepsi Honestly, drinker. Honestly, I think so. they're both like, they're like Sprite and like off-brand Sprite. Mellow like, Yellow. of them are the, the heavy hitters, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, so just to, to bring it back, like that explosion of violence at the end, I I love. I love watching that movie. I mean, I'm a gore hound. But even that scene where she's bashing in the per- that chick's head is like, that's clearly where all the fucking money went in this movie was like oh, getting yeah. that scene just right. Because it is so brutal. Like, it's brutal. And I, I love just it. loved how that one, the, the, the actual mean gal, where she gets, she gets ended in like three different ways she goes back and she's still alive and she's like god damn it and then she grabs the plastic bag and like suffocates her to death mm-hmm. amazing i did i love that wait so you think she's the actual mean girl because i feel like she's the one who's nicest yes. overall no her roommate is nicest overall that's the one who gets 
killed with a bag, isn't it? No, it's not. So there's three other women. Mm -hmm. Her roommate, she kills in her home next to her in bed while she's naked and bald. The girl that gets suffocated with a bag is the girl that's been really mean to her the whole movie. What are you talking about? No, what are you talking about? That they're in the house about? that was sleeping? The, the gal that was sleeping with the guy that was the friend that was making the movie? Yeah. Jeez. Matt, you better clear this up. It's one of your favorite movies. <laughs> Matt, you're, you're wrong. I just watched this literally... Less than 24 hours ago. I watched it last night. Like No, no, but, but what I'm saying is that to say that only one girl was mean to her in the movie is just objectively not true. Well, no, no, no. They okay, all but there are was at one various girl. points. She's the I, meanest I, girl, for sure. <laughs> I don't think any... We'll talk about that later, but okay, so the meanest girl, whatever, is the one that gets suffocated with the bag. Yes, yes. My God. Yeah, no, we were on the I, same page. I thought you were trying to say that the... There were multiple mean girls, yes. I disagree with that, but again, we can talk about that later. Well, it's it's. It, I think it's a much more... Maybe realistic isn't the right word. They're not mean all the time, right? They do make comments to, like, cut each other down and cut her down, but they are also... No one you know, does that except for the one girl. That's not true. It is true. I don't get it. It's not though. From the I watched it a couple months ago, but I I don't oh think that's. God. I'm on. Matt's we don't side need to get one. caught up on it, yeah. But well, I just want to say that you guys are wrong, and that that'll be the end of the argument. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, maybe that's just the vibe <laughs> the movie gives off. Um, if we're trying to switch directions, and this is kind of a weak, you know, criticism of the movie, I guess, because it's not that important, but. Her whole job at that whatever what was it like a baked potato place or something? It's like a Tater Girls. Yeah, Tater Girls. Yeah. Okay, the <laughs> outfits that they wear. Oh, ridiculous. excuse me. The, they're the Tater Girls, but the restaurant is called Big Taters. Big Taters. Oh my god. She's the a big tater outfits girl. that they wear, ridiculous. And then yeah. her boss, I know he's like so stereotypical, but like he's also the worst. And the way he I like I thought he was funny. He's yeah, kind of, but he's like so obvious with his like characterization and like the way he talks to her and like how he says like like acts like her job is like actually worth a damn. It's like get real, dude. That's we're how fucking every, at, I mean, every we're at Tater Girls. Job, every <laughs> food like service that, job dude. I've ever been in, every food service job I've ever been in, the manager's, manager's always like, like that. we're a family here and you're letting down your oh family. God. Yeah, I That's worked at literally a fast food so restaurant for a couple accurate. years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you like just tell that nerd to get un- fucked and you leave. I mean, she does do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, eventually. She literally slaps him and he's like, get the fuck out of here. You know, like eventually. But he does. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that just maybe I just had a problem with how stereotypical he was. But it was like so on the nose with what it was I trying to do. he was funny. I, I actually. Yeah, like, I. I thought he was so funny. Like he was very dry in his delivery and I can't even remember the line, but he said something and it killed me. Like his just very, he was playing. You're, you're right. in that I think his performance individually could have been done by a lot of different people, but his dry delivery and that kind of, it brought the only like humor I found in it. It, it works for me because of his performance. Because you are right. It's super... He's, it, I mean, he's basically a caricature, right? Like, it's very yeah. stereotypical. <laughs> but it works for me because 
of Pat Healy's performance. Like, I think he absolutely nails it. And yeah, it's barely a character. It's super thin. But, you know, the few lines of dialogue and the few scenes he's in, he absolutely kills. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a problem with his performance necessarily. It's just more like the character and... It stood out to you. Yeah, just that whole... Anytime we went to that fast food restaurant or whatever, it was just like so on the nose that it was annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I criticize Neon Demon for being, you know, having no subtlety. I, I'm not going to say that this movie is not also lacking in that regard. It's, <laughs> it's pretty straightforward with its, this its movie plot. It also points. has no subtlety. I'll just say it. Yeah. It's just, a, it's less literal and it's less annoying and, and problematic. I'll say <laughs> compared to what Neon Demon is, is doing, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it's totally fair what, what you're saying. Um, you can definitely have that criticism of this movie. And I think that's probably part of the reason why it, it has been a little polarizing, but um, it's for me, it's in service of the slow burn and building the character. Cause it, it makes her a little bit more relatable having all of these pieces be, you know, kind of generic and stereotypical. It makes her story. I mean, maybe to, to a detriment, maybe it's too familiar. Right. But I think it works for her 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 character's journey i mean if we're talking familiar literally like the theme that we're going with is a star is born a movie that's been remade what four or five times now yeah like (laughs) these are both neon demon and starry eyes are familiar stories with familiar character types Mm -hmm. right yeah i think it's just the and neither are subtle both are very obvious but i think it's where and i don't think sorry is just that much better than neon demon but i think where sorry eyes does succeed and the other one does not is in its more realistic portrayal while still being stylized it's it's just a more it feels more authentic right and it's it's not like there's no subtlety but it's also not like hammering you over the head with what it's trying to say so it, it 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 it's not actively annoying about it, I guess. It's <laughs> how I feel about Neon Demon. Um, but maybe that's worse. Well, I mean, maybe the fact that it's not I mean, Neon Demon has that yeah. going for it. If if you know, maybe that's the campiness that Travis was alluding to. That you know, mm-hmm. is is it yeah. could be a bonus or not a bonus, a positive aspect of Neon. Demon. I'm gonna be honest, Matt. I know you loved this movie or whatever, but it was boring. Like it wasn't there. Uh, there isn't a lot to say about there are highlight moments, highlight scenes, highlight sequences, but overall the movie's kind of meh. Damn. Damn. Well, (laughs) well to, to defend Matt a little bit, I think if you're trying to sell this as like a low budget horror movie that no one's ever seen that you would, you know, want to recommend, I could see it being, you know, sellable in that degree but to like pimp it as this i mean you gave it five stars so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i won't say you consider this a masterpiece but no i mean to give it that kind of praise and you know i think you're overselling it a bit but you know (laughs) i gave neon demon five stars and you guys think i'm crazy so i guess it's just a difference of taste or opinion yeah, it's funny because they are kind of similar movies, right? And I, 
it, maybe similar. <laughs> maybe it does just come down to like whether you vibe with it. Like I vibe with Starry yeah. Eyes, heavy, <laughs> and you vibe with Neon Demon, big time. And Paris mm-hmm. just was not having vibes at I all. Didn't vibe with either of them. <laughs> yeah, so. so you know, it's just you know, everyone's vibes are different, dog. You know, she dipped her toes in the vibes, but it's <laughs> <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, didn't bathe in it like I like you and I have, but mm, didn't you know. bathe in the blood of the vibes of these nope. movies. Yeah. Um. So you know, that's totally fair. Um. You guys wanted to talk about the Hollywood cult angle, corny and lame. That's all I wanted to say. Oh. Obvious, cartoonish, silly. I don't know. Was it just? (laughs) Uh, Just the cult itself. Like I just, you know what it reminded me of Uh, was like a bad version of House of the Devil to to bring it full circle from our mainline episode where Mm -hmm. we reviewed X and talked House of the Devil. The whole cult angle in this. Reminded me of just like a bad version of the like cult angle in House of the Devil, and maybe it was literally just the performance of the the two creepy old dudes in both movies. But Tom Noonan, way better creepy old dude than this what creepy old dude, whatever his name. I will say, <laughs> I will say, the producer being so almost a caricature of a creepy old producer kind of threw me off and the cult itself when they're chanting at the end like when it spins around and shows you all the people i don't know i I, i'm kind of with travis on that where i felt a little like it felt a little cheesy or overdone i like the concept of the cult i liked the interesting like the stars and you okay you know something hinky's going on but the actual cult rituals felt a little like okay like the people that were just following her around in black masks like i just like when she was actually doing the killing and there were just people behind her in a black mask i kind of laughed yeah when that happened because it was kind of dumb no you know what it is it feels like a fucking like dramatic reenactment that you would see in like a fucking a and e like crime show exactly you know? exactly it, it yep, is 100 percent. i feel the same way like my if if i did have to criticize an aspect of the film it's for sure like the the hollywood cult angle like i just don't find it that interesting and the way it's visualized is it's just so generic i mean like you said it's it's people wearing black robes and they're literally devil worshippers and you know they like plant the demon seed in her and like that is all super generic and doesn't entirely work for me but her transformation i think is handled really well like the green eyes like the contacts or whatever that they have her wear i think no that works. What? you didn't like that, that? Was so bad i like it, was it. So i like bad. the green eyes no her green eyes and her bald head i couldn't take oh, anything seriously it. after i saw that <laughs> when she puts on <laughs> the wig so and the dress stupid. Oh my God. when she puts on the wig and the dress okay but i'm oh, saying yeah. like from that moment on in the movie it was so easy and dumb looking that i just like couldn't those are just budget constraints you can't i, fault I and and i was wondering about that <laughs> but it's not like her bald head looked not bald or her eyes looked too i mean i think they were supposed to look not realistic i think that it just it was goofy and it kind of threw me out of the movie yeah 
I think that's a, that's a fair criticism for sure. I, I'm not in love with that that aspect of the movie, um, but I love so much about the surrounding elements that it just I can forgive some of that that stuff. It, it doesn't actively bother me, I guess, but I do admit that it's that's pretty fair. pretty generic and arguably uh, corny as fuck. But you know, I won't make the argument. But yeah, yeah. Um. Well, cool. So. Starry Eyes, um, I'm glad that you uh, agree with me, Paris, that it's a masterpiece, and we've, we've put this debate <laughs> to rest. Um, I don't know what you got out of what I said. Well, I, I mean, you that, did but... say if you had to pick, you'd say Starry Eyes is maybe a, a little bit better, I think. It's close to what you said. Too evil. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was like, I didn't like either of these movies. I don't know if I've made that clear. I'm not on either of your sides with this. I just right. But, but, slightly yeah, like Star Eyes more. Yeah. Than, if but if I'm to. being honest, that was for plot. Like, I also really like Neon Demon for the stylization and the artfulness of it. And the, yeah. Did uh, Kurt watch these with you by chance? Kurt watched Starry Eyes with me. He did not watch Neon Demon. Mm. Has he seen Neon Demon? Mm, I don't think so. Did he like Starry Eyes or he think it was boring too? Mm, I didn't do a full like talk with him after because we watched this pretty late last night. And so he was like, I got to go to bed. But um, I think that he felt similarly to me with Starry Eyes. He was kind of like, meh, didn't really ring true for him. Oh, that's fair. I'll say uh, Haley gave it four stars. So that's why I'm marrying that woman. Yeah, wow. that's... <laughs> she she sure. got the demon yeah. seed too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Some people, you know, have uh, like folders in their phone of like pictures of their significant other. I have letterbox screenshots of Haley giving movies <laughs> I love high ratings. <laughs> it's, uh, See, it's titled See? Spank Bank. <laughs> Ew, uh, you guys, I just, uh, stop. Cool, cool. All right, well, killer double feature, am I right? I have oh, yeah. the very one least. more thing to say yeah. about Starry Eyes, um, and I didn't get to mention it earlier, but um, in Sarah's second audition, you know, when she's naked and it's doing the flashing lights, but mm. especially, like, even before she strips naked, when it just has that spotlight on her and everything else is dark and she, like, can't see the people at the casting table, La-la that was actually... Vibes? Oh, what did what did you? Think? I thought you were gonna say you're getting La La Land vibes. <laughs> well, maybe, but that was actually based on um, uh, a story that two different people told both directors about doing an aud- audition like that for David Lynch. So bringing the Lynchian back into it. Oh, there's definitely the, the, these directors clearly like Mulholland Drive a lot. You know, like there, there's elements of that for sure. With uh, I mean, even some of the like culty stuff that kind of borders on parody like you know you could say that about how lynch does some of that stuff too it's just lynch is just so much more like creative and he's an actual author and and not not yeah someone trying to do what other people are doing right yeah i don't really appreciate the sentiment there but yeah 100 percent. i'm just kidding (laughs) okay no, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you. I'm sure someone could make the argument that it just feels like they're they're aping Lynch. Like they're just, you know, it's like a pale comparison. I don't think they're kind aping Lynch. I just feel like they 
I, I one thing I will say for Neon Demon and Nicholas Wind and Refn is he has his own thing. He has his own vibe. And this movie it didn't feel like a like a mishmash of other people's movies or anything by that make by that nature, but like it just didn't feel super original either. Yeah, I mean you can make the argument that Nicholas Winning Refn is just like a poor man's David Cronenberg. Some would say that. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. That's Strongest. a conversation for another episode, I think. But um, very cool. All right. Any other thoughts on Starry Eyes before we wrap it up? Mm, no. All right. Well, let me hear uh, your final star ratings. I'm giving it a 2.5. Oh, no. Hurts my heart. <laughs> me too you too as in you too a 2.5 yeah woof well I, was say, I felt like I liked this better than you did well you know it's one of Matt's favorite movies I couldn't be too harsh on it well no, and you also had to take you had to defend yourself by by actively comparing it to the neon demon and it's the same thing I was doing you know like 2.5 is is just it <laughs> i for both of these i had them at like you know two and and two 2.5 2.5 and three and i bumped them each down a half star after our conversations Dang. beautiful at least it was fair at least both of our movies yeah. got docked yeah both of them <laughs> I, after talking with you guys i was like no that makes sense. I mean, would I have preferred if you it. gave Starry Eyes <laughs> a bump up? Obviously. But, you know, you're nothing if not fair, Paris. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for this episode's double feature. Wait, Matt, um, what was your rating? Oh, it's five stars. Okay. Well, Travis said that <laughs> earlier, but I, I knew that no, was I your know, original rating, to. but you didn't say your actual rating. Original rating was a four. I think the first time I saw this movie, I would have given it a four. Wow, you bumped it up. Oh, okay. A little force feed going on? No, I I think that the the progression was first watch four, subsequent watches four and a half, this watch five, Mm -hmm. if I were to track it. You had to reach hero status for this one? Right. I see. I had to figure out if I I was willing to die on this hill or not. No one else is giving it a five, so... (laughs) It's exactly, <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to visit, I had to figure out, you know, is this a hill I'm willing to die on? And after, you know, coming back a couple of times, I'm like, yeah, I could die here. I will praise you for that at least. <laughs> Not the movie, but you specifically. <laughs> yeah. But both of you really, you know, you went in with your all and you got it done. <laughs> so you're giving us participation trophies is what you're saying? I mean, clearly not it's since only I bumped each of them down a half star. No, <laughs> we like, failed I'm, in making giving, our arguments. <laughs> I'm giving you both a pat on the back. Is really what I'm doing. <laughs> That's the nice try award, right? Right, Travis? <laughs> oh, yeah. Paris' nice try award. <laughs> I feel a like each, each episode, you're going to have to give uh, somebody a nice try award with our, with our picks, Paris. <laughs> yeah, this one, neither of you would get it. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, next episode, it is Paris's turn to pick the double feature. Why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know uh, what you said along? Sure thing. It is uh, the theme. 
which we might change next time. It's kind of bad. Um, it's Stage Fright, um, and I'm picking up Black Swan and Perfect Blue, two movies which might be pushing it a little bit in the yeah. Let's be category. clear that we are making an exception to our rule here. It's yes. I don't even go so far as saying an exception. It's just not. I would agree with Travis. It's an exception to the rule that we can make as much or as little as we want. We can make as many exceptions as we want, but <laughs> this is not traditional horror. Neither of these are traditional horror, but this is not neatly. It sure you can call it very fringe. I just, you can make scary. the argument though. Yeah, they're there's scary. Elements. They're tense. There's there elements is of violence. Horror. I think those things equal horror, but mm -hmm, exactly. I'm also a psychological a psychological thriller gal, so this is really more in my wheelhouse. So, mm -hmm. right after what you've been subjected to on the show with all the yeah. sexual violence, I feel like you you you, you can uh, <sighs> we'll go a little bit outside of uh, the parameters of what we usually do. There is sexual sure. violence in at least one of these, so I don't know if that's quite a good. At least it's animated sure. sexual violence. All right. Can't wait. Yeah, it's fine. Or were you talking about Black Swan? I don't remember if there is any in. I know they're sexual. I don't know about violence, but uh, certainly remember that one scene from Black Swan. That's all I'll say. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Um, gross, gross. Um, all right. Very cool. I'm excited for that one. So um, not sure exactly when we'll be recording that one, but that's coming down the pipe. So stay tuned. Perfect Blue and Black Swan. It's going to be huge. Also, um, Black Swan is on Hulu and then Perfect Blue is like for rent on Amazon. Yes. Or you own the Blu-ray. A.K.A. me. I think we do, too. <laughs> I think I also own the Blu-ray. Oh, hell yeah. Well... Everybody who wants to listen to the episode, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to buy the Blu-ray. Which is how it is. Otherwise, you're not a cool or, kid or, like we or are. Or rent it on Amazon for $2. No, <laughs> no. You got to buy the baby blue. <laughs> it's <laughs> mandatory for this viewing in particular. All right, Travis, you heard it. <laughs> I think he has it already. Don't you have it? You have Perfect Blue already, don't you? I have Black Swan on Blu-ray, and I do have Perfect Blue on my Voodoo. Digital, yeah. If you guys want to... Oh, yeah, don't rent it, uh, Paris. Oh, yeah. Just watch it well, on Travis's I'll, Voodoo. I'll use your Voodoo then. Right, <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, if you, if you want the login, subscribe to the Patreon. <laughs> the, the second tier <laughs> only, comes with uh, Travis's Voodoo. Only $99 yeah. per month for our Patreon, where you get all of Travis's uh, streaming <laughs> logins. Yeah, there's some good shit on there, too. Over Jillian 500 Michaels titles. workout videos on there. Oh, yeah. You got some, uh, all the superhero movies you could ever want. You got some smut. You got, uh, it's, it's just whatever you could smut? possibly dream of. Yeah, hardcore. That was it was a bad joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> I do have hardcore on there. Uh, I'm sure there's other Yikes. borderline smut. Travis the Paul Schrader film. Yeah. Anyway, what are we doing here, guys? Let's get out of here. I'm ready to get out of here. You guys ready to get out of here? Yes. Shut her down. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right, that's gonna do it. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, stay. What's my fucking line again? Stay spooky. Spooky. Well, and stay scared. <laughs> and stay slaying. <laughs> <laughs>